I'm Roger Miller, and this is Collective Mass Radio. Welcome to uh, Collective Mass Radio number 10. Uh, this week's episode has some really exciting stuff. We chat with Adam Tulifer from Microsoft, and he goes into detail about the, uh, all the different programs Microsoft has for Unity developers. Uh, but before, let's cover a couple of little bits and pieces. First thing I'd like to do is give a shout out to Team Triple Slash um, and uh, support their game Magnetic by Nature. Um, it looks uh, incredibly beautiful. It looks like a fun little platformer where you use um, attraction and I think repulsion, if that's the right word, uh, different forces, um, magnetic forces to move your little uh, character around. Um, it has some really great reviews. I believe it's greenlit on Steam and that they met their uh, Kickstarter uh, deadline. Uh, so well done, Team Triple Slash, and we will be chatting to them uh, later on this week. Um, next thing up is just a couple of little bits and pieces. First, to remind everybody that uh, Unite is happening pretty soon up in Seattle, August uh, 20th to 22nd. Um, I may or may not be speaking there, so um, yeah, <laughs> keep tuned to Collective Mass Radio for more information about that. Um, the second thing is this week we've been playing around a lot with um, animation. So as you guys might not know, uh, I've been working on a game with my wife called uh, Notespace and it is inter an interactive music um, storybook for girls. Um, she comes from a traditionally Flash background and so one of the biggest challenges was how... And do we take this whole flash pipeline and work it into Unity? Uh, we all know that you can't do vectors, uh, but you know the flash is still an amazing animation tool. And after chatting to TikTok and looking at how they looked towards smooth moves for their um, for their animation pipeline, I was pretty darn convinced that I could get. Uh, the animations out of Flash. So I started, you know, doing that. I was going to write a JSFL script um, to kind of just capture all the transform data and then bring it into Unity. But then as I looked at it, there is a couple of solutions out there that do it for you. Surprise, surprise. So there's a couple. Uh, there's LWF, which um, is Gree's uh, service offering. They actually have released it for free. Um, does some pretty interesting stuff. Um, it takes the entire Flash animation and kind of uh, renders it all in a single mesh. So it makes a whole bunch of quads in a single mesh uh, and then renders all the images. Um, I don't know yet how to get it out of Flash and into this new kind of format. Uh, but if you're interested in doing a little more digging, that's LWF. Um, from Gree, you'll definitely be able to find it and uh, you'll be able to find the source code on GitHub. Uh, there's something called uh, UniSwift or UniSWF. Um, it looked great. They've got a, a, a regular version and a pro version. It just was a bit expensive for me uh, just to try out, you know, if you got one or two animations. Um, I think their, their price point was $375. Um, and I believe what that does is it actually takes the SWF into your Unity project and then converts it uh, live at runtime. Um, I was also a bit skeptic about that. I didn't want to run into any issues um, not being able to support that on different platforms because they'll be releasing on a wide amount of platforms. So there's a couple of other different things, but I came across something called GAF um, from GAF Media. 
So their whole deal is you make your SWF, um, you can't use graphics, like graphic uh, animations, you have to use movie clip animations, um, but you put it all together, uh, compile the SWF and uh, put it into their online converter, it will then give you back a file, you can then take that file and use it in Unity. It's worked really, really well. I was uh, super impressed. They also have a lot of plug uh, pluggability towards the API, so you can actually run, go to, and stops. Um, the catch there is how they monetize their system. So what happens is, as a as a developer, you can uh, get fifty free conversions uh, for free. Um, and then they have multiple tiers where you can get, you know, you've got an indie tier that I think is 3000 and then they've got a pro tier that is unlimited conversions. Um, it's all very, you know, it, it kind of doable. I mean, if you've just got a couple of animations you want to do, the, the 50 free looks pretty good. Um, looking, so I chose that, D diving deeper into their code, um, saw that they, they did some really interesting stuff with trying to get the animations out. It certainly packs it down into a sprite sheet, nice and small, so um, kind of rasterizes all your stuff. Um, I was using vectors, so I know they rasterized it. They rasterized it with the layer effects, which is great. Um, so I put a glow on uh, a little orb and it, and, and it, and it appeared in the sprite sheet. Um, but then after using it, I saw I had a whole bunch of these little orbs. I've got a single orb um, that has multiple instances doing cute little animation on screen. Uh, the problem was the draw calls was pretty high uh, because they made a draw call for each instance of the object, even though it should be using the same thing. So um, I did a little uh, buggering around with the code and I was able to fix it. So um, if you guys are using GAF and you would like to use the updated code base, so I got all my animations down from, I mean, all my draw calls on my animation down from 25 to 1, um, it should work for you. Just give me a shout. That's roger at collectivemass.com and I'll send you the source code. I also sent the source code to the GAF media guys. Uh, they seem to be pretty responsive and they'll, they'll hopefully be folding it in. Um, they said they do have a new version for Unity uh, being released on the Asset Store pretty soon, so definitely check that out. Um, if you are a Flash animator, I would highly recommend this tool. It looks pretty good. Um, their service offering for the conversion, I mean, the guys have to make money somehow, so I'm not like bummed with them. Uh, I think it's a pretty good system, and it's a pretty good system uh, to ensure that um, you know they can make money from this whole thing because it is a lot of work. Um, so yeah, so check that out. It's um, the GAF uh, Flash animation converter and it's available from gaff media um but enough about that now let's get on to adam tuliper with the uh, microsoft conversation hello and welcome to uh collective mass radio today with me i have adam tuliper who is a senior technical evangelist for microsoft um and we're here to chat about how uh windows and unity is working together to bring unity games to uh, the windows 8 platform um, so without ado, this is Adam Tuliper. Over to you, sir. Hi. Thanks for having me here today. Pleasure to be here. So we do a lot of work with Unity. We have, uh, of course, uh, some internal folks that meet weekly with Unity and talk about our integration. But even going back in time a little bit further, you know, Unity is such a growing platform. Uh, I think they get, just on their web player alone, something like eight downloads a second. Uh, I was really impressed with yes. that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the 360 browser in China uh, is packaged with the Unity web plugin. I mean, there are so many people using Unity now. Uh, they have a, a user base, a developer base of millions. Right. So, from Microsoft standpoint, you know, we have the Windows Store, we have the Windows Phone Store. We've always we have, of course, our console system, Xbox. 
um, as well as PC as a gaming platform itself. So with so many games being made on Unity, it, it made a lot of sense for us to have that relationship with Unity and make sure that our platform is supported through Unity. Right. And, uh, and they do a great job of that, of supporting it across from Xbox to desktop EXEs to Windows Phone to Windows 8, uh, each with different folks internally working on that on their side. Uh, so we work closely with them. Any issues that come up, we try to get resolved right away. Uh, you know, of course, early on, there was a couple couple speed bumps, little potholes right. in the road as you try to get that compatibility up to some of the existing platforms, which has been around for a while, like iOS and Android. But uh, they ramped up really fast, so I'm really impressed with what they've done and where we're at now with them. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's always impressive to see how quickly guys adopt, at Unity, adopt new platforms. Um, can you can you speak about the uh, the uptake for Windows 8? I mean, everybody's looking for a kind of a blue ocean market to sell their games, and Windows 8 seems to be doing that. To everyone I speak about, doesn't seem to be that saturated. Uh, it seems to be quite a, sell- a solid platform, and Microsoft is obviously behind it. Um, can you chat to us about some numbers? Sure. So Windows 8, and I'd like to kind of group up uh, separate but grouped together as well with uh, Windows Phone 8. So Absolutely. on the Windows 8 side, we've got over 200 million licenses sold. Excellent. So huge platform. Uh, a lot of folks that aren't on Windows 8, when they think about Windows 8, automatically think about, oh, that's one of those Surface devices or, right. <laughs> or something. Right, right. As opposed to Windows 8 runs on um, something on the order of 3,000 different device types. Right. So that could be handheld tablets, uh, like the Dell Venue has a full version of Windows. With, you know, it's literally a handheld tablet, up to larger tablets like the Surface, uh, Surface Pro, all the way up to full desktops and server-type systems. So it runs on a variety of those devices. Now, on those devices, every single one of them has the Windows Store. Um, depending on the version of Windows, now there's two versions of Windows 8. There's uh, Windows RT, which runs on an ARM processor, and there's only a few of them on the market. There's the Surface 1, Surface 2, uh, Nokia has an ARM tablet. Outside of those few cases, which runs on Windows RT, mm-hmm. everything else is not Windows RT. Right. <laughs> so the Windows Store, however, runs on all of them. The difference is, on all those devices, you can get the Windows Store, you can download apps, you can download games from there. They synchronize across your devices. So I've got, of course, many different Windows 8 devices. I have tablets and desktops and and uh, laptops. I log in with my Microsoft account on one of them, and my I download a couple games, and my settings and my games synchronize across my devices. So it gives me a really seamless um, experience across devices. As a developer, I can integrate on there. I can say, you know what? Um, I see in this game here you've left off at level 6. I can roam those settings automatically with basically a one-line API call, and then when you resume the game on another device, it just simply leaves off where you're at on your other device. So there's a really cool cross-device strategy there as well. Yeah, that, that sounds amazing. I mean, like, does this cross-device strategy include Xbox? Does does not include Xbox for those basic roaming settings. Now, of course, so Windows 8 has roaming capability built in where I can save settings locally or I can save them to local roaming storage. Right. The roaming storage gets synchronized across devices. Um, it's a small amount of data. Of course, you don't want to be syncing large yeah, amounts yeah. of data. If I want to do something on the Xbox, let's say I'm going to develop a game on Windows Phone, Windows 8, and running on Xbox, then I would want to choose some other type of uh, syncing experience. For example, um, storing it to Azure, storing data out to the cloud, where I can have a little bit more flexibility with the type of data and the size of data I want to store out there as well. Now, uh, the market for having a game there is great because it's not oversaturated, like you said. You know, I have some, some friends that are 
they have games on there and they have really poor monetization strategies <laughs> that they know they've, they've chosen. You know, right. they just kind of, hey, this is a side weekend project. Right. And uh, on their side projects, they're pulling in a few grand a month. That's fantastic. Wow. So now that's not saying that every single game you're going to put out there will get that right. You've got to have something that's neat, something that's appealing to users. I've seen really good games on the, on the platform, and just like any other platform, I've seen really bad games on the platform too. Some developers just throw stuff out. Some really take the time to have something that's polished on there. Uh, also, in the order with that, I'd like to talk a little bit about Windows Phone. Yeah. Um, because I think from an indie dev standpoint, indie gamer standpoint, the Windows Phone has a certain appeal because it's uh, more similar to what you can see on iOS or Android, right? You've got a mobile gaming platform. I think on Windows 8, you've got a huge market there. But when someone is already dealing with something of that form-factor size fits in the hand, yeah. they kind of just think like, all right, I'm supporting iOS and Android. What else can I support along here? Um, and Windows Phone is right now beating the iPhone in, I believe, 20-some-odd markets around the world. Really? Uh, it is the number two platform, I believe, in 12 markets. There's something on the order of 14 million downloads a day. Uh, and a statistic that I actually recently learned I was really impressed by is the Lumia 520, which is a lower-end feature phone, has 512 megs of uh, RAM on there, um, has outsold any single Android phone ever. Wow. Yeah, I was impressed with that. Now, <laughs> <laughs> That is very impressive. That, it's a yeah. cool phone, so if you want to point to take away from that is if you want to have good international exposure uh, and you want to be able to run on a lot of devices, you need to target your game to be able to run on a 512 meg device. You can actually purchase those devices for something like 40 or 50 bucks. You just go out and buy one. Right. <laughs> so right. as a great low-end test device, it's pretty cool. Uh, Nokia also uh, has a really cool program. Now, Nokia, of course, their mobile division became part of Microsoft last week. Right. So that... Uh, Finally, how many years was it? It's been going on for a while. <laughs> <laughs> so with that deal finishing, you know, we're trying to figure out the best way to merge the programs Nokia had just some amazing programs they have their their developed dvlup program um we just did a develop event this past saturday on learning windows phone and actually did a unity event there as well um and they also have a really neat program called their loaner program right so one of the questions i get asked by devs are like well we'd like to come to the platform but what do i do about test devices you know which ones do i go out and buy right and i say well you've probably already done the work on the unity side to support maybe ios or android right so you already have most of your game written. So go ahead and choose your exports for Windows Phone, and then go to uh, develop.com, dvlup.com slash loan. And Nokia has a program where you basically they will ship you for free a phone for two weeks. And you can choose from some of the modern ones, like the Lumia 1020. Best yeah. smartphone camera, hands down on the market, 41 megapixel camera on a smartphone. Wow. Uh, that's in included in the choice. You can go to the low end. You could do like a Lumia 520 device. So you can choose which one you want. They'll ship it to you for two weeks, and then when you're done, it's postage paid. You send it back. All done. <laughs> that's, a, that's a fantastic program. It's pretty cool. It really helps people get, get a device to test on the platform. and kind of overcomes that hurdle of where you need to make that investment, not really sure which device to buy. Is this program only available in the U.S.? Uh, that I'm not sure on. I would just say check the website just to be sure. <laughs> gotcha. And um, is there any criteria? Do you have to have the game finished and show them for the... Nope. The, right? You just Apply for it, they ship it to you, and then when you're done, you ship it back. Uh, I've been told you can do it multiple times. I haven't tried it multiple times myself, but uh, I have been told that you can. Right. Um, but it's a really neat program, and I was also told with the acquisition that that program is still continuing. With with the tremendous growth of the, um, uh, of the 
Microsoft mobile market. Um, do you have any statistics on how much it's growing per year and specifically in the U.S.? I mean, you had some great statistics of like, you know, how many things were, uh, were sold worldwide. Uh, but in the U.S., how, how, how is the phone doing there? So I actually did have some statistics on a neat slide, which I don't have with me right now. <laughs> no uh, I remember you know, a couple of figures from that slide, like the 14 million uh, daily downloads. I think there's been, uh, in developer registrations, something like a 423% quarter-over-quarter growth on there. Um, between Windows 8 and Windows Phone 8, there's something on an order of 480,000 registered developers now as well. Wow. But with that many developers, still, it's not an oversaturated market. Right. I mean, there's still, uh, you know, when I think about some of the other platforms, and, and they're decent platforms in their own right. You know, Apple did some great things initially. Uh, Google came along. They've got a really cool thing going on with Android. But one of the things that I hear from a lot of developers is essentially they write their app, they publish it, they become zombie apps, nobody ever finds them, nobody ever downloads them because there's so many apps out yeah. there, right? Yeah. Uh, so that may or may not happen on our platform down the road. I mean, it's I guess in one area for, for the publisher, for the owner of that platform, it might not be a bad problem to have that right. you, know, you have such a huge marketplace. <laughs> yeah. But as somebody who's publishing to that marketplace, that's, that's a tremendous problem. Yeah. Um, so I think there's definitely a draw. We're one of the newer platforms. Uh, Windows Phone is growing faster than the market is growing. Right. The U.S. is a tougher market, so I think you, uh, share in the U.S. is something on the order of 4%. But considering that we were a new player into it just a couple of years ago, the growth has been pretty good. Uh, and again, faster than the actual market's growing itself. Yeah, no, it's certainly tremendous statistics. The only reason I ask is... Uh, when you make your game, if if you've got such a user base in other countries, I mean, like we'll take money from anywhere. Um, which countries should we be aiming to support? Like, which languages uh, specifically? Well, so two to start. Uh, we're number two in India and number two in Mexico. Right. So Spanish definitely, um, and from from a unified Indian. Hindi. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Okay. Gotcha. Okay, the, the, that's very interesting. Any of the other Asian countries? Um, big take? I'd have to check. You know, while, while we're continuing to talk, I'll look up the list of countries sure. on my phone no here. And, uh... <laughs> so, uh, yeah, definitely uh, two languages to support there. That's, that's good to know. Now, from a, a tablet form factor, like, I know there's Windows 8, and I consider that as like a touch device PC, and then you've got the Windows 8 phone. Um, from, a, from a tablet, let's say you were making a tablet game, how do you go about attacking the Windows market? So, the overall process itself, let's take it from a Unity standpoint and right. go through the whole flow. Uh, you've already developed something in Unity. You already have some sort of maybe touch interface. Right. So, the concerns when you go out to Windows 8 that you have to support, typically, we like to see people supporting both touch mm -hmm. and keyboard and mouse. Now, it's right. not essential. It used to actually be a requirement and we changed that. So, now you can support one or the other. Uh, if you don't support both, when you publish your application and the application notes, you just have to specify you're not supporting uh, keyboard and mouse right. or you're not supporting touch. Um, you do your exports from Unity. That's going to create you a Visual Studio project right. from Visual Studio. And you can do your additional platform-specific code if you want. For example, if you want to write in in-app purchases, you would do that uh, in the Visual Studio project. Uh, we have a free version of Visual Studio called Visual Studio Express. Right. So there's no money there that has to be spent to be able to get to that point. Uh, you have to do it from Windows 8, though. You can't be on a Mac, for example, and export to Windows 8. Right. Um, what you could do, though, is you could Boot Camp or, you know, ver uh, Parallels or VirtualBox or VMware Fusion on your Mac, run Windows 8. Um, 
install Unity on there, export to Visual Studio, and then you can still deploy right out to the device from there. You can right. do that same thing from a phone or to a Windows 8 device or your own Windows 8 device that you're running on. So um, just, just talking about that particular process, um, usually when you make mobile games, you kind of get a plug-in. Like usually the popular ones are the Prime 31 plug-ins. Um, to be able to do it, you're able to kind of code most of the logic. Um, are you then, are you able to do the same thing, have like your store plugins for, uh, for Windows Phone? So on our platform, uh, very similar things to other platforms as well. Prime 31 has some great plugins they can purchase, so if you want to support in-app purchases, the easiest thing, if you don't want to have to learn the API or learn to do it, right. just go grab the plugin. Right. So that works great. Uh, if you want to do it yourself, it's a uh, about two lines of code or so, All right? Uh, and you would do that inside of your Visual Studio project that Unity generates for you. Okay. Uh, the trick is there; you have to have some way of Unity triggering that code. And on the Unity side, you define an event, and on the Visual Studio code side, you subscribe to that event, and then Unity calls that event, and then from your Visual Studio project, you just simply call your in-app purchase code. Uh, just a couple lines of code. That's in our uh, WinRT API. So it's very easy if you like to do it yourself. If not, there's some pretty good plugins there that will do it for you. Now, um, if you're coming from other platforms and you're coming to check out our platform and you know how to do things on other platforms, we have some porting guides that are published out on Unity's website. Right. There's actually four documents out there. There's uh, one for getting started on Windows 8, one for getting started on Windows Phone 8, and then we have two uh, porting guidance documents as well as it points to a GitHub repository, some code samples over there as well. Fantastic. Uh, and you can find those at unity3d.com slash pages slash windows and there's a section for porting there's a section for current events that we have coming up we have a whole day of unity series going on uh, across the country right now it's a full uh, full day of free unity training it sounds exciting i'll be there very cool stuff <laughs> so look for one in your own regions out there we've got yeah next week um may 6th we've got san diego may 8th we've got la the following week i'll be in uh redmond's up in Washington and then uh, Portland as well. Wow. And then other regions across the United States are doing their events there as well. Sounds like you do a lot of traveling. Sometimes. <laughs> um, just going back to um, uh, doing the in-app purchasing stuff in uh, Visual Studio, when you publish your project to Visual Studio, um, do you have to continuously merge the previous code you've done or can you publish on top of the existing project and it will preserve any of the... Uh, the code that you've been working on. So that's a great question. Uh, the way that Unity does it is the only thing that they will overwrite in your project is their data folder. Right. Uh, and so that any code that you write inside of Unity and once you deploy out and you overwrite your Visual Studio solution, I have to be careful how you use the term overwrite. It doesn't actually overwrite, it just replaces that data folder. Right. So if I make some changes, I generate my project, I go back to Unity and make some more code changes. When I go to generate my, when I do my build again, uh, that code will get merged in my project, and everything else that I've got, all my custom code, stays just fine over there. Unity will not overwrite your project, and that's good. At the same time, it could be a little confusing because inside of Unity in your publisher settings, so you go to your build, you bring up your build window, yeah. Control-Shift-B, bring up your build window, uh, choose your platform for Windows 8 or Windows Phone 8, um, and then you click on your player settings. That's where you can set things like your splash screen and all of your right, various right. icons. If you set those after you have already generated your Unity project, Unity will not overwrite those files. Uh, so the gotcha there is either you delete your project if you haven't made any changes to it and right. just have Unity regenerate it, or then you have to go over to the Visual Studio solution and open up your package.appxmanifest file, and then you can specify your icons in there. Right. Um, Carl 
Calawart from Unity. He's the evangelist for Unity for uh, North America. And uh, myself, we did an event together recently. We did talks at Build Together and uh, at GDC. Right. And that was essentially on bringing your game over to Windows. And one of them is recorded. You can find that on Channel 9. If you just search on the net for uh, my last name, Tuliper, T-U-L-I-P-E-R, Carl, Unity, Build. <laughs> I think you'll, <laughs> you'll find the Channel 9 video that comes up on there in the search engine. Uh, and the second half of that, I talk about the whole process and go over some more of the details on actually generating that. Uh, I shared, there's a cool little utility that I wrote that you can actually just take one image and it will generate the rest of your images for you, your various sized icons, your splash screen. Very nice. Uh, you can actually find that at uh, aka.ms forward slash WSIP, WSIP, Windows Store <laughs> Image Processor is what it stands for. <laughs> Perfect. Um, so uh, talking about all these conferences, are you going to be at Unite? Uh, I will be at Unite. I just don't know in what capacity will I be doing at Unite. I'm right. actually going to be in town at that exact same time for another conference, so right. it kind of worked out perfectly for me. <laughs> yeah, looking forward to it, definitely. Okay. Excellent. Um, so great. So uh, getting back to some of the statistics we were talking about earlier, um, we are talking about the different countries in which uh, your, um, Windows was popular. Um, so I was wondering if you have those stats. I do, I do. So... Here goes the list where Windows Phone is outselling the iPhone. Ready? <laughs> go for uh, it. Here we go. Take a big deep breath. <laughs> Chile, Colombia, Czech Republic, Egypt, Ecuador, Finland, Greece, Hungary, India, Italy, Kenya, Kuwait, Malaysia, Mexico, Nigeria, Pakistan, Peru, Poland, Saudi Arabia, South Africa, Thailand, Ukraine, uh, UAE, and Vietnam. And in 14 of those markets, Windows Phone has a second place which is Chile, Czech Republic, Finland, India, Italy, Greece, Hungary, Malaysia, Mexico, Poland, South Africa, Thailand, Ukraine, and Vietnam. Wow. You guys are certainly coming up. It's coming up, creeping you, up. Uh, <laughs> have you had um, kind of any more step up from competition between Google and um, iOS? Like, are they recognizing your platform as a direct threat now and uh, making some changes? It's hard to say. I don't, I don't think so. I think they're just... You know, they worry about their platforms. They keep on keeping on. Right. Um, you know, they probably still see us as, as one of the uh, lesser, you know, they, they've got a large percentage, so they right. probably think, ah. <laughs> but that's when it's sometimes dangerous. That's when we can kind of, you know, hopefully overtake some. Um, yeah. You know, we realize it's definitely a multi-platform world right now. We don't expect people, I think, um, at least in my opinion, you know, I don't expect someone to say we're only going to target one platform and that's it for us. Now, right. there are advantages to that because if you – concentrated on a single platform you could try to make the best experience on a single platform but as a developer right you want to try to maximize your money coming in right absolutely <laughs> so as such a multi-platform approach is a great approach and that's one of the things that i think is awesome about unity they make it so easy for the most part i mean of course there's various api changes between you know platforms and figuring out those little nuances in right. unity or whatever tool you're using but uh for the most part Compared to how it used to be, it's so much easier now. <laughs> Does Microsoft offer any incentive for having uh, Windows 8 exclusives or Windows 8 phone exclusives? Uh, not so much exclusives. Uh, we do have a couple programs like right now for Windows Phone. There's the App Campus program. So if right. you go to appcampus.fi, uh, if you have a really cool idea and you're looking at doing some, I think it's 90 days uh, exclusivity. Right. Go over Windows Phone, you develop, and I think the current amounts are 20,000 euros. There's three levels. Uh, the basic level is 20,000 euros if you have something that's really cool and that looks interesting. Right. And it goes up from there. Um, 
to go up from there, it's got to be really, really cool. <laughs> but uh, so that's something that can help some some devs get their you know some money to get things going. Absolutely. Uh, and I think the the deal behind that is that it needs to be um, not even completely platform ex- exclusive, but platform exclusive features. Maybe right. you have different levels, different characters, things like that. Okay. Uh, so that's a pretty cool program there as well. That's very yeah. That's, that, that is very interesting. And um, to apply for this, they just go to the App Campus site. Go to AppCampus.fi, AppCampus.fi, <laughs> and check out the details on that site. Yep. Perfect. Um, getting back to we were talking about the publishing stuff before, and you mentioned you'd have your two publishing settings: settings Windows um, 8 and Windows Phone 8. Um, now, can you talk about the differences between those two? Yes, I'll talk about right now and where that's going as okay. well. That would be great. <laughs> so right now we have uh, two different types of applications, two different code bases. We have uh, Windows Phone 8 and we have Windows 8, and they share something on the order of like 28% API consistency across the platforms. Right. Uh, Microsoft, with the reorg and the idea of one Microsoft, has been trying to make that come together. So, so you have a more consistent API across Windows Phone, Windows 8, and Xbox. At our build conference, not this year, but actually last year, last June I think it was, they demoed something on stage of, of being able to have a native HTML JavaScript application running on the Xbox, and then they didn't really show any more details. Right, you know, it was right, like right. a sign of things to come. <laughs> and this build, they actually demoed some of the stuff where they showed one solution in Visual Studio with uh, with a shared code base and then just a minor different projects for Windows Phone, Windows 8, and Xbox. Right. So we have this concept now of universal apps, which basically is a is a project type where you can target multiple um, platforms: right. Windows Phone, Windows 8, Xbox. So we've released those templates now. Uh, they went through the demos at this past build conference. So if you want to see some details, check out the build website, Channel Nine videos again, and right. they have some more details there. And I know there are some changes coming out in Unity very shortly to support those project types as well. Right. Uh, so we've increased. Now with Windows Phone 8.1 announced and coming out, we've increased the, uh, the API usage across the platforms. So we're kind of converging uh, closer to this one point. I don't, I don't foresee it ever being exact across platforms yeah. because, you know, APIs, I don't expect every API on the phone to exist in every other platform. It might not be appropriate. Yeah. But, you know, when you target maybe if you can get somewhere in 80 plus percent usage, that's pretty good. That means you can write some custom code on one and have it easily translate to the other. Uh, especially if that works for things like in-app purchases. Right. And right now, between Windows, uh, if I write my in-app purchase code in Visual Studio for Windows 8, um, can I use the same code for Windows 8 phone, or is it different code completely? I'm not actually sure if it's going to converge on the same code now for the Universal Project or not yet. So I can't answer that yet. (laughs) (laughs) No worries. But really excited that you guys are moving towards that. Um, you mentioned in passing earlier about the Unity web player being included in the Xbox browser in China. In the actually, it's, it's the browser itself. The name is a little confusing. The browser itself is called 360. Oh, okay. Yep, that's their. Uh, so one of the challenges that existed in China is the Great Firewall, <laughs> right? <laughs> yep, yep. And so trying to get out to various websites uh, could be a problem. Trying to get out and download plugins, things like that, could be a problem for some folks. So the 360 browser actually has it built in by default in the distribution, Fantastic. which is huge for Unity because yeah. that means there's a whole other market inside of China that uh, makes it easier. Now, with that said, Unity also announced their alpha version of the whole HTML, JavaScript, WebGL support, which, right. which is amazing. Yeah, uh, that's I saw it be, at GDC. It was incredible. Oh, that's going to be phenomenal. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
But I would like to talk quickly on maybe the licensing standpoint on there, right? Because right. you can do so many things with the Unity free version. Yeah. Uh, you can export to basically every major mobile platform. Um, one of the things that we kind of provide, I think, as an advantage to the platform is if you own Unity Pro. Mm -hmm. Well, so one step, one step back. On Unity free, you can export to Windows 8, Windows Phone 8, no problem. Right. Uh, if you own a Win uh, Unity Pro license, yeah. you do not have to buy separate add-ons for Windows Phone or Windows 8. Fantastic. Okay. So we, we give them all to you for free. If you own the Pro SKU, then you have essentially Pro for Windows 8 and Pro for Windows Phone 8 as well. Right. So it makes it a little bit easier there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I remember a while back there was a Microsoft program where um, if, you, um, if you submit your game, um, you'd get a free copy of Windows to do a port. I can't remember. The, the details were fuzzy. Did that ring a bell at all? Well, what we have now, so on Unity's website, whatever the current offer is we have published out there, that's at unity3d.com slash pages slash windows. That's the hub for kind of everything that we do with Unity. Mm -hmm. uh, and then off there, you find a little tab that says offers or just go to slash offer. And the current one out there has two different levels. The first level will give you a... The idea is, for the most part, if you have an existing game and you want to come over to the platform. Right. Uh, if you don't, you have to provide, I think, a good compelling reason to be able to uh, get this program for you. Right. But ideally, we want to see you have something published already, you're coming to the platform. It you know, makes it easier for the person reviewing it. Right. As opposed to just somebody who comes in and says, hey, I'm working on a game, uh, I want some free stuff, right? Yeah, right, right, right. And so the level one with there, you get a free Dev Center account for uh, Windows Phone and uh, Windows Store. Now, right. as a developer, we used to have two separate registrations. You, have to, you used to have to register for the Windows Phone Store and then a separate registration for the Windows Store. Right now, as a developer, you register for one and you automatically have both. That's right. They are separate submissions still. So right. if I'm going to submit an app, you still have to go to the phone store, submit it there. If you want Windows 8, you submit it over there. But you register once, and that gives you both stores. So we give you a free Dev Center account. Uh, we give you a free Windows 8 Pro license. And then we also give you a developer device, a phone or tablet. And then you get priority review for store promotion for your game. Uh, level 2, if you get approved in the level 2, you get everything, of course, for level 1. In addition, you get 1 million impressions for Ad Duplex. Wow. Uh, you get another additional developer device, another phone or tablet. Uh, you get feature placement on, on Unity's site. They have their gallery, and they have a section on there for the, uh, the Made with Unity gallery um, for Windows programs. Right. And then you get access to uh, tech, additional technical assistance as well. Wow, that's, that sounds fantastic. Cool. And so to, to qualify for the second level, what do you have to do? So the idea is that if you have something that's really good, <laughs> I think that's going to really shine on the platform, uh, then you're more likely to get approved for the second level. Right. Um, as opposed to, you know, I think something that's fairly, I don't want to say basic, but just if you have something that's all right, mm -hmm. level one. If you right. have something that's really going to be good, <laughs> yeah. level two. That's fantastic. Um, it's really interesting taking a look at, you know, uh, a lot of indie developers were screaming, you know, about 10 years ago about how everything was so exclusive. So all the app publishers opened their doors and now, you know, app stores are just like inundated with content. Most of it not that great. Um, and so it's interesting to, to see different ways of how platforms try to curate the content because it definitely needs to be curated in some form um, for people to make money. Um, so um, I kind of see this as a very interesting way of curating it, and it's uh, yeah, it sounds pretty exciting. You were talking about I think it was Project Spark, uh, Bizspark. Bizspark. So 
we have a program at Microsoft called BizSpark. Uh, long before I actually worked at Microsoft, I had a small software company, and I was a member of BizSpark. And I developed software. The idea with BizSpark, the requirements are basically, if you are working on a software product, not just consulting, you make less than a million dollars in annual revenue, which most indie devs kind of fall into that category. <laughs> <laughs> yep. uh, your company is less than five years old, uh, and you're privately held. Then you, you satisfy basically the requirements for BizSpark. Now, that's not a guarantee that you get into the program, right. uh, but we do let a lot of people into the program. So I would say don't hesitate. Go onto the website and register. I'll tell you that URL in a second. And essentially what that gives you is a free MSDN license. Um, you get access to literally tens of thousands of dollars of Microsoft software right. for development. Uh, right. So you, get, you can get Visual Studio. You can get free versions of Windows on there. Office, uh, if you want to do testing with any of our server software, database platforms. In addition, you get $150 a month for Azure usage. Now, Azure is our cloud service. Mm -hmm. We do infrastructure as a service, as a service called IaaS. We do platform as a service, PaaS. And so that allows you to do a whole bunch of things in the cloud. If you want to take some code, some logic that runs on some server somewhere, you can deploy that to the cloud. If you want a virtual machine to spin up in the cloud, we support that as well. We actually have a uh, real easy way to create a new VM. You uh, click create. There's a quick create from a gallery. Right. And we have a whole bunch of pre-existing VMs that you just click on a button and wait a minute or two and it spins up. And that's not only our platform. We support things like Linux on there as well. You can spin it up uh, Ubuntu server on there if you wanted. Wow. So some really cool things. Uh, for example, I'm working on a game right now with another dev and we share our stuff back and forth through Azure. I set up a VM on Azure. I installed Unity's asset server, right. and that's how we send, send our builds and changes back and forth to each other. So with our BizSpark program, you get $150 credit for that a month. Uh, I have several websites running out on Azure, several production websites, production applications, uh, do Unity work on there, and I've never once gone over the $150 limit yet. <laughs> wow, that sounds, that sounds almost too good to be true. And in addition, we give, uh, because uh, of that $150 credit, you can also do basic web hosting in there as well. I don't want to say basic because you can do a ton of stuff in right, there. Right, right. But you can do just web hosting if you want. So a lot of indie devs, they have to pay money each month for their website, 10 20 bucks, whatever it is. You can come on to Azure if you're approved in the BizSpark, host your website as part of that $150 credit of the month. You could have a WordPress site running up on there if you wanted. So you can do a lot of really cool stuff on there as well. That sounds, that sounds amazing. Now, um, the Azure, just as like a, a database server, you're, you're free to then just use that as your... Um, kind of uh, your cloud system for storing data between games, whether they're iOS or Android or Windows, as long as you've got your API calls? Absolutely. Uh, we actually have several aspects of data storage in the cloud. Uh, you can do things like Hadoop database instances in the cloud. Right. You can do relational databases. So the first one was a, was a uh, not a relational database. So you can do relational database. In addition, we have something called Azure Mobile Services. And Azure Mobile Services allows you to go onto the website, uh, you create a new service. It's right now based on Node on the back end. So if right. you know Node.js, you can go in there and write some additional code. Um, we allow you to kind of customize how you want your data storage. You can get up and running literally inside of minutes. You can then send up some JSON data to the cloud, and it will automatically create your table schema based on what you're sending up. So for development, you just send data to the cloud. It looks at your data, says, oh, you want these columns, and creates it for you. Shut that feature off at runtime, and you're good to go. Azure Mobile Services also supports uh, all the various platforms, including generating code for iOS, Android, Windows Phone, Windows 8, 
HTML JavaScript websites. So if you want to run on any of those platforms and you want to store data in the cloud, go onto the website, you create a new Azure mobile service, and you say, hey, generate the code for me for iOS, for example. And it shows you exactly what you need in your iOS project. Amazing. In addition, we have a uh, notification hub. So we support push notifications for, uh, you want to do Windows Phone, Windows 8, iOS, Android as well. We really? support one hub there that will push out to all platforms. Wow. So some really cool stuff on Azure. You can do, again, virtual machines, websites, data storage. Uh, it's a full cloud service, so lots of things you can do in there. Well, push notifications is certainly an interesting thing there, right? Yes. Jeez. And there's no expectation back from Microsoft on this. It's not like there's any kind of exclusivity. We're giving the software. We want to support startups. Microsoft's had the program in place for a long time. Mm-hmm. We want to foster kind of that startup and have people grow the software. Of course, the idea is that you know we want people to develop on our platform, to use the software, to use the features, uh, but there's nothing back in return that's expected. Right. In other words, we're not saying at six months you have to have a product. There's no check like that. We're not saying there's anything exclusive. We give you the software. You develop with it. You do what you want with it. It's, it's yours to run with. And the program, I believe, lasts for three years. Right. Um, and so the URL for that, to register for that, is Microsoft dot com slash bizspark and if you happen to be <laughs> in the western United States uh, and you think you satisfy that criteria you can also contact me uh, my email is adamt at microsoft.com and that was T's and Tom adamt at microsoft.com and uh, I can get you running through that process as well we have people in each region that kind of handle that but since I'm on the west coast I'd like to work with people locally <laughs> from my region as well yeah. out here uh, it's a great program. Um, I love getting people on it because, you know, they kind of, well, what's the catch here? And then when they realize it's literally tens of thousands of dollars of free software with no cash, they really enjoy it. From the Unity standpoint, where I think the uh, one of the big advantages there, um, Unity comes packaged with MonoDevelop, right? So, mm-hmm. and it's understandable. You want something that you can develop cross-platform with. MonoDevelop is a choice. Mono is the uh, open source implementation of Microsoft's .NET framework. Now, as an IDE, MonoDevelop is... It's okay. Uh, it, <laughs> You're it's, talking to a guy who's coming from Visual Studio, so I right. understand. So it, it's it's okay. It kind of serves the purpose, but Visual Studio, I mean, you, Visual Studio is what set me on the path for working at Microsoft many years ago in college. Right. I worked on so many different compilers and platforms, and when I came across Visual Studio, I was like, wow, somebody's finally got it right here. Yeah, the yeah. debugging capabilities, and, uh, and that actually set me down the path of working on Microsoft stuff for many years. Um, and so the way that Unity works behind the scenes is Unity has a soft debugger built into it. And they have a plugin that they wrote that sits inside of MonoDevelop, and it sends commands back to Unity's soft debugger. Right. It's not actually controlling the Unity EXE process, the executable process. It's actually connecting through a socket over to there and sending commands back to it. Now, the reason you can't use something like Visual Studio by default as a debugger is because that plugin doesn't exist for Visual Studio. That was written for Mono. Right. Um, however, there is a company that created a really cool plugin. Uh, it is a pay product, but it is well worth it, uh, called Unity VS. Right. And that does require you to have a retail version of Visual Studio. Uh, the free version doesn't support plugins, so you need a retail version. version. Right. Luckily, BizSpark gives you a retail version. <laughs> actually gives you Visual Studio Ultimate, which is, uh, don't quote me on this, but I think something like a $10,000 SKU on that product. Wow. So you get that as free as part of BizSpark. Um, you go buy Unity VS, install it, and then you can actually debug and develop inside of Visual Studio, never have to touch model develop again. Uh, another cool thing that you can do, I think the, the feature might be in, um, in beta right now, 
But if you happen to be running on a MacBook, for example, right. uh, let's say you install Parallels and you have Windows 8 running on Parallels. Uh, you install Visual Studio on Windows 8 and you install um, Unity VS on that system. So it has the plugin for Visual Studio. Now you go over to your MacBook, you know, you switch over back to your, uh, your OS X desktop mm -hmm. and you load up Unity and you want to debug, it will actually go cross-machine to Visual Studio to allow you to debug. Because it's a soft debugger and because it opens a socket back to Unity, uh, Visual Studio running inside of your VM can actually debug and develop your code that you're writing inside of Unity. And if you use <laughs> something like windowless mode, right? So some of the virtualization software allows you to run Visual Studio just as a window, like it's one of your own right. OS X applications, the, the experience is really seamless. It looks like everything's running on your MacBook uh, I'm sorry, it looks like everything's running inside of OS X as opposed to Visual Studio, you know, running over there in a VM. It's a really, really cool solution. <laughs> wow, that yeah. is amazing. So what, what, talking about cool solutions for kind of working on a Mac but still working with the Windows product, specifically Visual Studio, uh, what is the best setup that you found? For me personally, uh, and, and again, I don't mean to single a particular company out here. This is just what's worked for me. Yep. Other people might find something that works for them better. Uh, when I did some performance testing a while back uh, on my MacBook, I realized that Parallels seemed to give me the best 3D performance. Right. So my setup, I run Parallels on there, um, and then I just, if I'm going to do it that environment, I run Windows 8 on the Parallels instance, and then uh, you can do development from the Unity side on your MacBook, transfer your project over to your VM, or just point to the same file share. Right. Um, some say they have best results actually zipping it up and then moving the project over and unzipping it. Right. Uh, I've actually worked directly from a share as well and um, then you open the project up on your Windows 8 side and then you can deploy for Windows Phone and Windows 8. If you are working on a MacBook you can also plug in a Windows Phone and you can deploy from your VM right out to that phone as well. That works too. Wow. Uh, and because you are running a Windows 8 instance you can actually just deploy your app right into your Windows 8 instance and run it there as well. Um, Windows 8 Pro also for uh, Windows Phone if you're doing a Windows Phone project, there's also an emulator that you can run as well. But with any emulator, the performance, of course, is going to yeah. be kind of, you know, you might want to see your basic layout on an emulator. Um, but I would, you know, I always recommend testing on a device, especially when you can get a low-end device for like 50 bucks. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Just go ahead and go out and buy that and be set. Um, or the Nokia loaner program I talked about, that gives you a great thing to try out too. Right. So which Windows phone has the most penetration in these markets? Just looking at which device to buy. Is it that... Um... The Lumia 520 has the, has the best sure. sale overall. Right. Uh, it's, it's, it's a great low-end phone. For the cost of it, I don't think there's any phone on the market that beats it because it supports so many features being such a low-end phone. Right. Um, and I think that's probably why it's, it's seen such a pen, you know, large penetration throughout the right. world as well. Perfect. Okay. Excellent. Well, I mean, like... Yeah, it sounds like uh, Windows definitely picking up the pace. The Azure stuff sounds amazing, and um, uh, pretty much all of the stuff that you've been talking about is, is interesting. Can we talk a little bit about the future of the platform, where you guys are headed, if you can speak about that? Um, I don't know how much I can or can't speak <laughs> on. I don't know how much I know or don't know, right? right There's right. always uh, things going on at different levels. Uh, so, you know, we want to have the best experience possible. I know, for example, Xbox has announced the ID program, the Indie Dev program. Right. Uh, so we're trying to, I'm just kind of waiting for all the details to be announced publicly on everything and how, uh, you know, our divisions internally are talking to each other. Right. With the reorg, there's definitely walls have come down and, you know, these teams that used to be very separated are now talking to each other. I mean, the, the flow of ideas is great. Uh, and it makes sense to have people in, some of the product divisions used to be very separate. 
now they're all under the same person, you know, for uh, for products that make sense. Right. So the flow of ideas is going great now. So I think um, you're going to see some really cool things coming up soon. Plus, at our build conference right now, we are, we showed some really neat things there. You know, some of the folks with, with Windows 8 really, some like to start screen, some didn't like to start screen, some really missed the start menu. Right. And one of the little previews they showed at build was uh, they just said, here's some things we're working on in the future, and it was a new start menu that integrated the old start menu with some kind of the newer Windows Store type applications on there. So I think there's going to be some really cool things coming out uh, in the future. <laughs> that sounds, yeah, that sounds like fantastic. So um, getting on to some more of the leisure stuff, what kind of games are you playing on your uh, Windows 8 phone? I like first-person shooters. Uh, the funny thing is, so there's this, there's this interesting uh, game tension in the household. Uh, I have a one-year-old and a three-year-old, so of course <laughs> I want to make them have the most appropriate games. Right. Um, but my son has discovered uh, things like Temple Run, and uh, he loves Cut the Rope. You know, watching his little three-year-old brain kind of take apart some of these puzzles is amazing. Um, but I like first-person shooters. <laughs> right. So if I go, one of the things I think is awesome to test out on this platform here, let me uh, grab my game list here. I open our game hub. Oh, yeah, Subway Surfers is another one he absolutely loves on here. Uh, Modern Combat 4. Right. I don't know if you've seen that one yet. I have not. That is a phenomenal first-person shooter. I also have at home a uh, Lumia 1520, which is a phone that's... Um, as big as the note I mean it's, it's right, not right. it's not a small phone it's pretty sizable right <laughs> and uh, to run a 3D game like this on there is phenomenal let me just um, of course it's not going to come across right with the same experience over a podcast here but just so you can kind of see the graphics on there well the loading screen is phenomenal <laughs> Another war-type game. I've always <laughs> seemed to like the, the war-type game, stemming back from uh, Battlefield, wow. Battlefield 2. So anything that kind of falls into that genre. I also love zombie games. So on my on my Windows machine here, uh, like Zombie Driver, Zombie HQ, right. uh, a buddy of mine wrote a uh, cool game on here, which is actually a great indie story uh, called Zombie Sniper. It was his first... Yeah, I chatted to him at GDC. Did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Felix? Yeah. Cool, cool, yeah. So, uh, so you know the story then. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, yeah quite interesting. Like he, he just brought up the game, put it on the store, and it was one of the best-selling games, yep. right? Yep. Yeah. Well, hopefully everyone who listens to the podcast wants the same reaction. Yes. So uh, <laughs> it's good. So, um, and the Unity, what Unity games are selling best on your platform? Uh, I'd have to look. I saw a list that went out right actually before GDC. Uh, I just have to go back and look, and I, I don't know how much of those figures can be shared right. anyway. <laughs> no okay. Well. It's excellent. It was uh, was awesome talking to you. Thank you so much for all that information. Uh, is there any other contact details? Maybe your Twitter address that you'd like to share with the followers. On be? Twitter, I'm Adam Tuliper. It's just like the flower tulip with an er. As much <laughs> as I love or hate saying it like that. <laughs> so uh, T U L I P E R. Just Adam Tuliper on Twitter, and uh, Adam T at Microsoft.com as well. And feel free to contact me about anything with the Bispark program or anything with Unity Dev on our platform. I'd be happy to help out. That's my job. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Thank for your you time. very much.